0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. In a world where knowledge is king,
1: two men will strive to. (coughs) Oh, sorry about that. We're 100 Things We Learned from Film
0: the podcast that takes a different subject movie each week and tries to learn 100 things. Hence the funny title. I'm Mark. And I'm John.
1: And my favourite thing I've learned so far is that chickens have pea crystals. Which yours? <laughs> Quite. Do you know the mosquito in the original Jurassic Park is the only type of mosquito that doesn't actually suck blood? So in this case, no blood,
0: no dinosaurs, no film.
1: So that's us, 100 Things We've Learned
0: From Film. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. Welcome back to another episode of VHS Gems, the Geek Elite Media podcast in which we watch those movies of not even ye olden times, but like of the times of our youth, I guess.
1: From the long, long ago.
0: From the long, long ago, but not the long, long, long ago. Um, yeah, those movies that came out on VHS. But um, And we watch them again and see... If they're worth all the nostalgia or not, basically. Uh, and today, um, I am joined with John. Hello. And I am myself, Jessica. <laughs> and that wasn't weird to say at all, but we are watching Xanadu. Xanadu which it was really hard for me to not sing that, so I'm very impressed. So I absolutely <laughs> love the Xanadu song outside of Xanadu, the musical. John, do you watch a lot of musicals?
1: Um, I, I think I watch a fair share, although I'm definitely not caught up with musicals. Still haven't caught uh, In the Heights. Um, have not seen La La Land yet. Whoa. Um, there's a few others, but I do have a soft spot I love Moulin Rouge, I don't know if you'd consider that a musical um, I have a morbid curiosity for cats <laughs> So um, I'll get to it eventually, but it's not on my high priority list um, And yeah, I, I like those old uh, Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, uh, Ginger Rogers, uh, Singing in the Rain type stuff Yeah, uh, There's something about those productions, you know, they, they, they really just wanted to go all out
0: Oh, yeah, they're like those gorgeous, huge sets with their painted backdrops that I mean, I mean, they look like backdrops, but still, it's just the time and the art it took to make that backdrop. Oh, I love old films so much. And Gene Kelly is probably one of my favorites of the old actors, although he probably was a big jerk in real life because he was super perfectionist. Um, And Gene Kelly is actually in this movie.
1: Yes, which I didn't remember, because I saw this movie, I want to say I've seen it once, and it was in passing. It was on TV, and I probably flipped through the channels a lot, because I found it very boring Uh, sometime in the 90s. I'm sure Uh this was when this was. I know that I haven't seen this since the 2000s at all. Uh, This this so yeah. Yeah, this, this was practically like a first watch for me, just given how little I remembered from it, except for the uh, skating into the mural towards the end.
0: That you remembered um, vividly?
1: That I remember for some reason. I don't know why, um, but that scene stuck out to me the most. I was like, okay, yes, I did watch this. Okay, so I just must have blocked it out.
0: Yeah, I know I had watched this several times because it's, it's, it's Gene Kelly's last film. So I'm sure that was probably a reason why I ended up watching it and probably for several times because I it's electric like orchestra does most of the music for it. And I like them and I like most of the music in this, but definitely felt like a very new watch for me because I also apparently blanked out <laughs> a lot of it. Other than yeah. I think I remember Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton's um, dance that they did to like. Yeah. Like that I, I always remember.
1: That animation scene did not remember it at all. D-
0: did not. Probably because I do remember it, but think it's from Thumbelina. That's probably. <laughs> See,
1: I was thinking Fern for a little bit because they're like flower size. But then they turn into fish, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!"
0: Yeah. Well, the animation styles. Well, okay, this film came out in 1981. Probably should say that *Xanadu* came out in 1981 with Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John, and some guy who played Sunny, and I don't remember his name. But
1: (laughs) (laughs) the guy from *The Warriors*.
0: Okay, that guy. Then, (laughs) um, and it's a musical kind of cuz i mean basically Olivia Newton-John does most of the singing in it and which makes sense because it's a story of an artist who awakens the nine muses and Olivia Newton-John is one of them and her job is to open up or convince Gene Kelly's character and Sunny to open up Xanadu a club basically that, that that's her job and that a
1: that's club that, that yeah. covers like the last like four decades apparently
0: yeah that's what it seems like a club that represents all music and all wonderful things and dancing and and stuff like that it's a it's a club that you can go to escape the real world i guess i don't know it looked kind of weird but it worked kind of i
1: don't know yeah you could say (laughs) it's some kind of a like fantasy um epic musical is what they're trying to go for with a little touch of the modern. I should have remembered or I I guess it should have made the connection sooner because mm-hmm. you start off with what I think is the universal logo, the black and white earth with the little like airplane spinning around it. Yeah. Um but then it modernizes and it becomes like a Concord jet mm-hmm. and then eventually it becomes a UFO. And I was yeah. like, "What the what's going on here and i was like what are we doing? oh okay it makes it sense aliens? later because it's like, yeah it's yeah. we're we're like paying homage to like the passing of time and the the eras that came before and the the modernization and i i guess you know it's um it does some interesting things for being 1980 or 81 it seems like it could have taken place a little bit later in the 80s mm-hmm. um but that could also just been they were predicting like the punk and the glam movements that would come later.
0: Yeah. Well, cause punk was like it was kind of starting to start in the early eighties, but it hit it big in like mid eighties to late eighties, right?
1: No, by that point you start it started turning into like the other genres, like you started getting more goth and um, you know, you have your houses and uh-huh. your Susie and the banshees kind of start to come from that. So yeah, I, I think by the mid '80s, punk was, at least in its original form, was pretty much gone, and then you start oh. you start getting the vestiges of like the post-punk, which would later turn into things like grunge and alternative.
0: Okay. And well, get... I honestly thought it was an '80s creation. I had no idea punk was earlier than that. Wait. Oh when, yeah, when, punk.
1: Uh, punk
0: was like... the, Is the Ramones a punk band?
1: Yes, uh, they were one of the uh, the progenitors, actually. Uh, there's a cool movie, CBGBs, um, uh-huh. that kind of covers the history of punk and the guy who kind of accidentally helped start it, um, and which basically took place around, like, 75, 76. Um, okay. With, uh, yeah, bands like the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, and a see, few others.
0: See, that's where I get confused, because I didn't listen to punk till... Later on in my life, did I start getting into punk? And I listened to the, the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, and I had no idea they were bands from the seventies. I literally thought they were nineties bands, like just in my head, just listening to them, yeah. like this couldn't have come out of the seventies. Well, yeah,
1: because that's what those nineties bands were basing or like being influenced by. So you get a lot of the three chord mm-hmm. power chord progressions. Yes, all yeah, that makes sense. music history is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was that was a fun tangent. I like that tangent.
1: So I will say this. So. I liked the experimental use of music in this movie. Yeah. I I liked the story in the in in the movie. Yeah. Um, I liked Olivia Newton John in the movie. I had a huge crush on Olivia Newton John yeah. growing up.
0: Who did it? She's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> there was a summer where I had two VHS movies that I ended up watching just every day. Uh-huh. I had the English Patient, uh-huh. and I had the 20th Anniversary of Greece yeah. on VHS. I would watch both of those every day because I had nothing else to watch that summer. I didn't have cable that summer. Uh, I think it was maybe my first semester of college, so this was like '98 or '99. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> and it was the the 20th anniversary release of Grease, mm-hmm. so it came with a miniature copy of the sh- of the script for the Ooh. movie. Which was interesting because I was trying to follow along with it, and there was a lot of stuff that was either changed or cut out drastically from the movie. Um, That that beginning sequence where uh, Danny, Zuko, and Sandy are like frolicking in the sand and playing on the beach, there was a lot more dialogue And it was dumb dialogue.
0: Was it dumb?
1: (laughs) It was really dumb. Yes. Like Danny, at some point, gets really serious with Sandy and says, "There's something I have to tell you," but I'm ashamed. And she was like, "Oh, you can tell me anything, Danny." Blah blah blah. Whatever. And the whole thing was him leading up to admitting that he was left-handed the whole time. He'd been using his right, like willfully, to like not seem like different or something like that. I was like, "Wow, good choice cutting that out, director." (laughs) Like that was stupid. Also, I didn't realize this, but the character of Jan, Jan's the one that's always eating Twinkies, right?
0: I think so, yeah. Yes. You would know more because you apparently watched it significantly more than I
1: have. I, I mean, it's been a while <laughs> since that summer, but <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently she was supposed to be overweight. That's why she's always wearing like loose clothing and sweats and like sweaters and stuff. Yeah. And her big transformation was that at the end of the movie, she was supposed to take them all off and she was going to be thin. And that uh-huh. was her character arc, is that she lost weight during the school year. Good
0: for her. I'm also glad they also kind of... <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was, yeah, it was really bizarre because they're always, like, it, it, it. now I notice it. But at first, like, yeah, they're always showing her eating snacks or, like, eating Twinkies. And, like, she always gets, like, a big meal at the... Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, the the diner, but they ended up giving that to Sandy instead, and she can eat just as much as Danny, which impresses him. Um, Which side note, they also took away from um, the Kinnicky, they took away grease lightning from him to give it to Danny Zuko because they wanted to give like, some big moments to the main stars instead of the side characters, who they had originally had them in the actual Mm -hmm. musical. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, we're going on some real weird sides here. But you, you just uh,
0: went on three different side notes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know what? Let's throw in a fourth one more. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember if this is true or not because mm-hmm. I didn't bother looking it up. But I could almost swear that there was a news story in the late '90s, right around this time, as a matter of fact, where Olivia Newton-John reported her husband fell over, like fell over a boat, or like, um. Was it? went overboard I guess uh-huh and it turned out that the man that she they had just gotten married I believe uh-huh. he was faking his death
0: he was trying to fake his death yes oh and it didn't I, work
1: I don't know, because I think they caught him they're like oh yeah no he's he's here like and that's that's yeah, weird like, yeah uh, I may be misremembering that and really butchering that from my memory but I just seem to vaguely remember. That Olivia Newton's John's brand new husband, like, faked his death for some reason.
0: I see. And I was like, who totally. would do that
1: for For a poor Olivia Newton John? She seems like such a sweetheart.
0: I, I mean, we don't know who these people, how these people are in real life. We shouldn't just assume they're, like, their characters. But Yeah, I
1: guess. I, I do see an article here from The Independent in the UK... It says, Olivia Newton-John's former boyfriend found in Mexico after going missing for 12 years. Okay, so it wasn't her husband. And yeah, looking at the picture, that's the one. Yeah, this is an article from 2017. So it was actually in the mid-2000s that this happened, around
0: 2005.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, No, (gasps) I'm saying that wrong. Close enough, though. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know what, maybe she was just a really bad person he was like screw this I'm gonna just pretend to die
0: <laughs> I mean maybe there are other reasons too and like she couldn't prevent him from making the choice that he made True, maybe like, it wasn't her maybe it was outside things and
1: he, yeah he must have been a spy or something and like this was to get He's off the grid
0: super spy who who was that actor that thought he was actually a spy
1: oh um from confessions of a dangerous mind um
0: yeah yeah he was an actor right
1: he was well he was like a game show host
0: yeah that's what it know. is a game show host yeah, but he actually he was, thought uh, he was a spy
1: very some very something
0: yeah maybe Barry. he's like that guy <laughs> something
1: <laughs> he just he was just supremely delusional yeah
0: but yeah back back to xanadu 1981 gene kelly's last <laughs> film as i said before um and the main reason why this was his last film or why he was even in it was it was filmed like a very short drive from his beverly hills house and oh. yeah another fun fact about it is um gene kelly's character named danny mcguire is a character he'd played before, I mean, not that had the same name before in the film called Cover Girl. Mm. So he he's he's played a Danny Maguire twice, I guess, if that makes any sense. Not okay. the same Danny, but he just Maybe played two different characters that had the same name.
1: You could say that he might have been a variant of Danny
0: Maguire. It's a variant of Danny Maguire. Yeah. Well, I mean when he played Danny Maguire in Cover Girl that was in what, the 40s or 50s? I don't know when Cover Girl came out. So, I mean it could be this is the older Danny Maguire from Cover Girl. Oh. Yeah, cuz Cover Girl, yeah, Cover came out in 1944. So,
1: this is the this is the Danny McGuire that faked his death and moved to Mexico.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um and there's a very interesting, not interesting, like he has a dance sequence with Olivia Newton-John that I mentioned. And this is where you get like, although I like Gene Kelly, he probably was really weird and probably a jerk because when they filmed it, which they filmed it after the initial filming too and added it in later i think is what i read on trivia and he insisted it was just the two of them and a cameraman that he had become friends with that was it that were involved but he basically i think he choreographed everything and and all that but when it came to actually filming it it was it was just the two of them (laughs) and then a cameraman
1: yeah, he seems like he'd be that kind of a control freak.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like there's a story about Gene Kelly making somebody. I think it's on Singing in the Rain. the The main actress on Singing in the Rain, she wasn't a wonderful dancer. She was a great singer, but not the best dancer. And like he would make her, like redo, redo, and like basically overworked her in order to get that perfect vision that he wanted in it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, I could see that there's yeah. definitely some people in Hollywood that take that kind of thing to extremes. I've heard the horror stories of Stanley Kubrick making Shelley is it Shelley Duvall or Shelley mm-hmm. Long? I forget which Shelley it is, but the one that's in The Shining, like she started losing her hair with how much he was stressing her out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it to a point because if it's like you're directing it and it's your baby like you want it to come out as perfect as you see it in your head and if the actor is not doing it then you want to push them to get there but you don't want to be abusive about it like there's absolutely no reason to be abusive just just cut do it again another day or maybe you just maybe it's not working because it's dumb like maybe you should you know, maybe you should take a look yeah. at it and realize it's not working because it's not realistic <laughs> to work that way you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, so it, maybe it's like the whiplash thing, though, where like the the person who's the driving force feels like they just have to push someone to their limits to get that you know true performance out of them.
0: I have yet to see Whiplash because of that one scene that is all over the internet all the time. I mean, the acting in it is utterly amazing in that one scene, but that scene gets my anxiety up so much that I'm like, mean, I don't think I could ever actually watch this movie.
1: Or, like, or he throws the chair at him.
0: Yeah, he throws the chair at him because okay. he's slightly, slightly offbeat. Like, slightly Yeah,
1: he, he keeps like just rushing. Incre- yeah, yeah, you know, I'll tell you this. Um, that was probably one of the most stressful movies I've ever sat through. It was yeah, amazing to watch. But yeah, like it's it's not a fun rewatch because it's just... It, it, you feel like such paternal pressure and disappointment coming from him, or maybe that's just me and I'm projecting, but oh. it's just very like, wow. And, and the, yeah, the the, the whole, the, there's a really strong father issue uh, or father theme in it because mm-hmm. his real father is actually like, for lack of a better word, just very um, like soft, I guess.
0: Okay. And soft.
1: Yes. Um, like, basically encourages him to, like, you know, not pursue. He's like, hey, well, maybe you're not cut out for, you know, being a musician. And, like, you know, there's just there's more important things. Don't worry about it. Oh. Like, whereas the, the instructor is more like, he sees the potential in him. But for some reason, he just feels like in order to really get him to be his best, he also needs to kind of slightly traumatize him.
0: Yeah. I guess. I mean, that is also basically what the military does to infantry troops when they're in basic. So, yeah, because they're
1: going to war.
0: I mean, you yeah, you got to break somebody down. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> this is up. like really unnecessary to do this, like, to somebody. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great movie, regardless. <laughs> yeah, you will be stressed out though. Like that movie, Irreversible, is another one that's just really hard to rewatch because of just how brutal it can be in like specific part. Where it's just like yeah I, I can't do this again to myself like why
0: yeah all right but this movie on the other hand this this xanadu movie <laughs> wait uh, you you're not what? you're not doing the thing that i did for that one stupid movie you made me watch oh
1: wow well, you have to the, narrow that down a bit <laughs>
0: The one with the page ripping in the demons. Oh, okay. That in one. The mouth in the no, mouth I'm, of No, I'm, I'm
1: not. I'm yeah. not trying to. Not uh, trying- <laughs> to like uh,
0: just just like, run on tangents and tangents yeah, like I did.
1: No. Okay. Um, I actually see the thing about this movie is that I think the movie as a whole sucks. It yeah, is a terrible, sucks. It's a terrible movie. That's a terrible movie. But there's these little bits and pieces that that work, but yeah. only like like if you were to make music videos of this movie. Mm-hmm. That would probably work as a concept album. This works yeah. as a movie. It's just very lacking, and I don't know what that is. It could be weak directing. It could be a pacing issue. Um, it I could think it's be a that
0: pacing issue because this is only an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, it was and really... a
0: lot of stuff happens in it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we get introduced to uh, Greek mythology apparently, and that kind just of, kind of like gets blown but... over.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, she's a muse, daughter of Zeus. Cool. My my biggest issue with it is that it, a lot of it doesn't make sense because so the the beginning part is sunny. Um he's he's doing he's trying out art. He's trying to make a living off of just doing art and he sucks, I guess. I thought his art was fine, but I guess for the time he sucks. Um
1: well, he wasn't feeling inspired. He he didn't want to be doing commercial work, which is what he was doing. Yeah. Um, but what he was trying to come up with wasn't, like, to his satisfaction. So he was frustrated.
0: Yeah. And he goes and tears it up, blows it into the mural of the Nine Muses, and they... Come alive they come alive and <laughs> you can't <laughs> and, help yourself. Yeah I know I can't this, this music is good in it. They come alive and then they <laughs> shoot off and then um, the main muse our main character Libby Newton Johns what did she call herself Kyra Kira 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 um well that's what she goes boy by she's actually Terpsichore which is the muse of dance um sure she runs into him and then you find out her quest is to open up Xanadu but my biggest issue with it was like his problem as an artist was painting like he wanted to be a painter and his muse that he falls in love with gets him to open a club like it just makes zero sense to me
1: like how do you go from art to like disco roller disco
0: yeah why wasn't it Like, why wasn't Kira the muse of art? Which I can't quite remember which one is the muse of art. But still. Is Minerva? Is it Minerva?
1: I don't know. Anyway. um, I could do a little stalling while you quickly Google search it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, what exactly even wakes up the muses? Because it's just a mural that's painted um, in some random alley in, like, I guess the beach near the beach and he ends up like I guess the the pages just kind of float through town and then they end up near this mural and that is what causes the the muses to wake up uh-huh. they all come out start roller discoing through the city <laughs> so and then, does
0: in the early 80s <laughs> yes
1: And then I will say this for a movie that was probably somewhat low budget. It had some ambitious special effects that looked about on par with like the power Rangers from the Mm nineties with a lot of these colorful streak effects and glowing Mm -hmm. effects on them. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So Olivia Newton-John's character is just kind of strolling through town runs into him in, I guess by the beach again, or looks like it was a park by the beach. He Kind of, I guess, falls in love at first sight, and then sees her again later on an album art that he's being commissioned to make a larger copy of, because mm-hmm. that's what he does. He makes larger versions of record cover art for music stores. That's like Which a very like specific a great gig, sl- I
0: guess. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, it's there's the the so this is basically functioning on like fantasy logic, but it has very specific details about like the music industry.
0: Well, yeah, but then like, and I think that leads to one of the biggest issues with why this movie doesn't work that well is that it's a fantasy story set in the modern world, which can happen, but the way they try to make it fantasy is with these very cheesy effects and overlays and transitions. Yeah. That's how they make it fantasy. It's, it's, I mean, other than your main character's muse, like she could actually not be so cheesy with her magic, like, and it just it makes a disconnect to it because I think this film might have needed to be filmed like ten years later, where the effects actually would look not chintzy, I guess. Not I thought they looked horrible <laughs> for the time, but it's just it's it's very disco, and disco is oh, very yeah. hit or miss. <laughs>
1: oh, and by this point, disco was like out. Like it pretty much peaked in like seventy eight. With like, when Saturday Night Fever came out, it like, uh-huh. it was like burned out basically.
0: Well, when did Kiss do their disco album? That's when it died, it was, right? I
1: think it was nineteen eighty. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. Kiss, Kiss well, they were kissing it, and they
0: went, "Okay, we can be done with this now." Um, I do have an answer about the muse, and it's because there is not a muse of art. It's mainly poetry, flutes, and music. Um, I did read somewhere that there was a play made out of this. I want to say the play came after this movie, and it's more of a satire to this movie. And they use Cleo, which is the muse of history, over Terpsichore, the muse of dance. So...
1: Mm. Yeah, 1979 was the uh, Dynasty album by Kiss, which, by the way, I'm representing right now. Oh, hey, What's this is Destroyer. Yep. <laughs> so when they were still good, if you even consider them ever being that,
0: And uh, they're hit, they're hit or miss with me. They they got a few good songs.
1: I will say this though, if 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 Mitch doesn't surprise everybody at his wedding by serenading the song Beth. <sighs> I will be greatly disappointed.
0: Maybe that's why he wants karaoke at the wedding (laughs) sometime. And and Elizabeth and I are looking at him like, Are you nuts? Like,
1: (laughs) say, What's happening here?
0: (laughs) Karaoke at a wedding? Nobody wants to hear that. Like, people barely want to hear karaoke at a karaoke bar.
1: (laughs) This is true. This is a good point. But this is all just uh, one big, like, workaround to be able to, like, Perform this this song.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that would be nice to see and hilarious. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of that. <laughs> um, so, um, the animated sequence was also added in later, as well, because. They wanted another, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it really would have been too short, but they wanted to use another song by ELO, and it's easier to just animate it than not. And the reason why I think it's from Thumbelina is because it actually is done by the guy who does Thumbelina, the the animator.
1: Is Don Bluth?
0: Yep, it was Don Bluth. So
1: I think also does Frank Gully, doesn't he?
0: I do not know. You could.
1: Frankly, the last rainforest uh, directed by so and so. Oh, Samantha Mathis was Frankly. That was uh, Princess Daisy from Super Mario Brothers.
0: Ah, oh. Who huh. who knew?
1: Um, but no, I don't see his we name. He did on Anastasia. It. He did do Anastasia. That one was cool.
0: Is it? Wait, what else did he do?
1: Both of these movies have uh, Robin Williams. As a matter of fact.
0: Secrets of Nim. He did the Secrets of Nim. Hey. Oh yeah. There we go.
1: Also did like the ghost with movies and uh All Dogs Go to Heaven.
0: Rock-a-doodle That's on our list, by the way, Rockadoodle. doodle <laughs>
1: I've I've I like that movie. It's so stupid. Space Case. Elvis Presley Rooster.
0: <laughs> oh, the Pebble and the Penguin. I haven't seen that in forever. Okay. We got to stop. I got to stop looking at these movies. I love these. Okay.
1: I, I don't blame you. All of these are better than Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, all right. So that's, I know, that's basically Xanadu. He goes, falls in love with the muse, and then he runs into Danny McGuire. And Danny McGuire is talking about opening a nightclub. And Kira ends up helping Sunny to convince Danny to open up the nightclub and then now that she's done her job and now that Sonny has fully fallen in love with her and she's fallen in love with him. Now her job's done. So she's got to go back to wherever the muses live um, with Zeus and Sonny gets really upset <laughs> and he does the whole, that's where you get the, I'm just going to skate right into this wall and pop up in laser light land. Yeah. 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 And talk to Zeus and her mom, Minoni. Um,
1: technically, should have been Hera, but
0: was no. somebody else. It's not Hera. Hera is not okay. Z- Zeus is a playa, and he had many a kid with many a different woman. Um, he had the muses with I always butcher her name, Minoni Minoni okay, I can't say it. And I totally looked it up before and I still can't say it. Phanonic. You know,
1: it's not that important. Yeah,
0: it's not important, <laughs> but it's going to bug me. But she's basically memory and rem- remembrance. So she was one of the Titans. Hera was his wife. Yes. But Zeus had other relations.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he I could, mean, because he also ate um,
0: Athena's mom, was a Titan, and he ate her, and then Athena popped out of his head.
1: Yes, I remember that part.
0: And then he had a bunch of demigods as well, with a bunch of human
1: women. See, in the credits, it doesn't even say Zeus or whoever; it just says heavenly voice male and heavenly voice female. Oh, really? Yeah, so it doesn't even name them.
0: Oh, it names them on the Wikipedia page for the movie. So, oh, okay. That, and i think she says it's zeus i'm the daughter of zeus
1: yeah and he even says hey zeus i want to talk to you about your daughter yeah and, uh, but for some reason they're being coy on imdb and like not wanting to spell it out
0: that's weird i don't know how imdb does goes by it like maybe they weren't credited i didn't watch the credits as the movie ended so maybe he's credited as that in the movie
1: I think they're just uh, like, I, I think IMDb is just like kept up like Wikipedia. Like anybody can go in and just type whatever. So, oh,
0: really? I had no idea how IMDb works.
1: <laughs> there's like a hundred people listed as Xanadu dancer. <laughs> Who knows if they're right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he runs in, tries to convince Zeus, and Zeus. Seemingly not convinced, but Kara gets to come back to make one final performance and then beams away yet again, but then comes back as a waitress. I guess. The end. They kiss in a silhouette and the end. And Xanadu plays in the <laughs> background. It's great. <laughs> That's going
1: to be stuck in my head.
0: <laughs> I can't sing it too much because it will probably get copyrighted, but... <laughs>
1: We'll sing it off-key, and then it'll also be kind of funny, too.
0: Excuse me. I can't intentionally <laughs> sing off-key. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's Xanadu. I, see, the funny thing is, is I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is a bad movie. This is a bad movie. But I remember liking it. And I even still, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Like, <laughs> like I don't hate it. It's not good. It's like, um, it's not quite at its level, but it it actually honestly really reminds me of Rocky Horror Picture show. Like it's a bad movie. yeah, if you really watch Rocky Horror, it is a bad movie. yeah, but it's so fun to watch, yeah. <laughs> it's just-
1: and this is definitely a good song. like there's like certain movies that I like to call party movies where you're mm-hmm. not really putting it on to sit down and watch it it's just like background yeah but because it's it's got those certain moments it will eventually make you kind of just turn your glance at it yeah and like oh yeah that's kind of crazy how they're doing that's that laser light show and then you go back to your thing you know and like nothing's missed nothing's wasted and it's just it's part of the environment
0: yeah i mean, like that scene with the the 1940s dancers combining with the 1980s rockers. Which was I, a really interesting and kind of sort of sexually aggressive scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that woman being tied up to something right now?
1: Yeah, they were like doing some pretend bondage with like the, the synth cables and that one lady. And then the, the, the big band band. When they mm-hmm. started going more into like the swing music, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit! Did that guy almost drop that woman? Like she rolled really fast towards the ground." Oh yeah, I was like, "Swing wow. is nuts." So yeah, like I, I'm uh, so I hate dancing. I'm not. A, I, I can't move anything below my neck with any kind of rhythm. Like uh-huh. my head's pretty good. Like you know, but everything below the neck is like I'm just completely uncoordinated. Well, I got like
0: you're latino though It's <laughs> possible you
1: know what there are some stereotypes that are just unjustly applied i don't like spicy food i don't
0: oh you don't i just yeah. feel it yeah you never <laughs> eat spicy food
1: yes um I, what's another one um i think i i think tortillas are dumb i was like why am i shoving Flat flour into my mouth right now with this oh, food. Like flour I, I just...
0: tortillas, but corn tortillas are life. Come when on. Eat,
1: when eating carne asada tacos, sure, but like for like because it tortillas in this culture are like sides, like they're supposed to go with everything, or at least they it is, make it you is eat bread. with everything. Yeah,
0: it's it's bread.
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I'm not down for that. I'm like, no. I mean, I. I it's just to fill your stomach. Why? Why even?
0: I'm I'm down with any carb. So I, I understand <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: um, that being said, no, I hate dancing. I it's just it it's it looks awful on me. I think it's just because I'm so lanky. Like it's it just looks awkward and weird. Like honestly, swing
0: probably would be the dance for you though, because if you look at actual swing dancers, they're pretty tall, lanky men.
1: (laughs) I I can Charleston like nobody's business, (laughs) but like just any okay. So so anything that's a little bit more modern, where people look like they're just effortlessly, you know, like whatever, doing their their hitch dancing. Yeah, it it just doesn't look right for me. Okay, it it just I don't know, but. Watching people dance, uh-huh. it's, it's fascinating to me because it's like, hmm, I wonder how they do that. Like, that's pretty cool. And the way that Fred Astaire moves, even though that he's definitely, you know, up in his years by this point. You mean he's Gene still, Kelly? Oh, Gene Kelly, yes. Don't oh, uh, get
0: those two confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but still, the way that he dances, uh-huh. like, he just seems so light on his feet
0: gorgeous
1: yeah yeah like it looks so effortless and of course that comes from just years and years of doing this and probably the pre- aforementioned perfectionism yeah. um he floats. I just like what he does he, he does
0: floats. that's why i always like his films because he has a way of using space within his sets i mean you see it in singing in the rain and the song singing in the rain he just goes all over that set but there's there's another one. Oh, have Which- you ever seen an american in paris
1: No, I don't think I've seen that
0: one. Add that one to your musical list because that is like a classic Gene Kelly one and it ends, which you haven't seen La La Land, but La La Land pulled a lot from it. But it ends with this really epic dance sequence that's like really over the top artistic, kind of sort of like that middle sequence in Singing in the Rain. That seems to mm-hmm. not make sense where Gene Kelly's character is just reminiscing over what the I think what the opening act or what he's gonna do next or something. And it's that scene with that lady in the green dress and she's got the cigar and the gangster boyfriend, that whole scene. It's mm-hmm. like that, but like way more. <laughs> it's, it's just a beautifully choreographed Jane Kelly dancing through all these sequences, just like, oh it's just beautiful. <laughs> and that to your list? Because, I mean, it probably did eventually come out on VHS, but not originally on VHS. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, uh, well, it, it, it has to be streaming somewhere.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is.
1: But, um, yeah. So, there, there's there's a lot to... It's, it's a fascinating piece of performance, I want to say, in general. Towards the end, they start to incorporate some pretty kooky costuming. Um,
0: it's very Art Deco. The costuming yes. and the set works.
1: Yeah, the, the location itself. It itself. Yeah. It's
0: super Art Deco, but I feel like it doesn't go Art Deco enough. That to me, no. like, and maybe that's where the <laughs> disconnect. Yeah, I is. would agree.
1: It's just like you have like the Art Deco like arches in the front, mm-hmm. um, and then outside the building, inside it just kind of looks like a hodgepodge with like a UFO landing pad in the center and. Um, like the different corners that represent the different ages of dance or music, I guess.
0: Yeah, and then the wow. big circled turning dance floor that the muses dance on. Yeah, as well, and you're just like, what is happening here? This
1: this is one of those. Well, I'd like to think that <sighs> this was probably the product of a lot of cocaine in this late late seventies, early eighties. Probably, where they're just like. Let's just write a movie, do all the drugs, and then worry about it later. Apparently, well, the movie bombed like terribly. Like, oh, this movie, you
0: think? <laughs> but yeah, but the music did really well. The music yes, was on Billboard. <laughs> the, the
1: the soundtrack actually went double platinum. But this is my favorite fun fact I learned about this movie: uh-huh. Xanadu was the inspiration for the Razzies.
0: Yes, I saw that Xanadu and one other film that came out that was really bad at the same time too. Can't remember what it was yeah. though.
1: Yeah, there was another one. Um no, I was gonna say Ishtar, but that came a little bit later. Um yeah, so it's 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 funny to think that something was so bad that it created its own award ceremony to honor bad films. And this movie was most definitely bad. It was badly acted just badly directed I would argue badly written and yet I don't hate it it's very there's badly a, written there's just something about it that is kind of endearing it's like if like if your friend made an awful film mm-hmm. you would like still hate it but like there'd still be some kind of charm to it yeah um, and I'll I'll give you an example of some things that kind of made me realize like oh it's possible to kind of change how you feel about something mm-hmm. so when the movie Hot Rod came out, that was the one with Andy Samberg where he yeah, like started motorcycle. Yeah. Cool whip.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool <laughs> oh,
1: what? <laughs> um, so, when that movie came out, we went to go watch it. It was myself, uh, Franey, who also does uh, podcasting here with Geek Elite, mm-hmm. and Mitch. Um, we all wanted to walk out of this movie at some point. I think it was during the Cool Beans part when we Hot all just.
0: Rod? are you crazy yes you guys don't like it
1: (laughs) well so this is where it comes around because i think i think it was frankie went to the bathroom and he was sitting between me and mitch Uh and so when he came back the cold beans part had just ended and I was just sitting there with my hand on my face, going, "Oh my god, what the fuck am I watching right now?" Because yeah. I was this, this, this was new humor to me. I hadn't really been exposed to the Lonely Islands brand of humor at this point. Mm. I just thought this was going to be a comedy and like maybe like a goofball comedy, but this really took it to like a whole other level. It. Yes. So Franny came back and he asked me, "Hey, what did I miss?" And I was like, "Don't ask." And he was like, "Okay, that was weird." So he asked Mitch. He's like, "Hey, what did I miss?" And he was like, "Don't ask," <laughs> without even <laughs> just exactly the same answer. He was so like, "You what guys the?
0: should have just done Cool Beans right there in between." <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: here's here's where things changed. I I didn't walk out of the movie. I stuck with it, but I really hated it. It wasn't until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years later when I started getting exposed to more of the Lonely Islands actual music. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, this is funny. I get this. So I realized.
0: Sorry. Are you singing? i just, digging a Box"?
1: <laughs> 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 I saw you doing the steps. So I was like, that's going to be <laughs> That's the way you do it. Uh, Okay. So I came back to Hot Rod later, and all of a sudden it was a completely different movie to me. Because now I felt like I was watching a friend's movie as opposed to just a movie by a bunch of assholes. And it really just made a big difference. Now I can actually like watch it and it's funny now like i i like some of the dumb things that happen in it the cool beans no longer bothers me because i really like yorma Tacone. yeah
0: he's hilarious
1: yeah and like he was the main reason why i watched land of the lost which i thought was going to be a really stupid movie it was but it was also stupidly funny
0: (laughs) it is ridiculously funny actually just it was on tv the other day i watched it for a little bit and i was like this like so one of one of funny. the
1: funniest parts of the movie wasn't even a part that was played for laughs. I mean, it is played for laughs, but like mm-hmm. it's a serious scene within the movie, where, um, what was the his monkey character's name? I can't remember off the top of my head now, but he's basically going into like this really. Uh, like morbid monologue in this little alien language Uh about how awful the hallucinations are going to be for like the drug that they just took. Yeah. (laughs) Like I couldn't stop laughing during the part to the point where I couldn't even hear what they were saying anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to like rewind it (laughs) just because his delivery was so perfect. Yeah. And this is the cool beans guy. Yep. so so you know like it's it definitely like there's certain things that can change your perspective i guess and this is one of those movies where it definitely feels like even though i should hate it Mm -hmm. fundamentally i guess just because of the different parts in it that do work for me i was like it's just enough for me to give it a pass
0: all right yeah that's fair I, I don't know. I still look back on it fondly. But yeah, I was watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a bad movie. Um, but it's one of those, I like the songs from it. So if it's like, it's like if you take it as a collection of music videos, like you kind of mentioned before, then it actually really works very well. It's just not cohesive. And I did yeah. think that I heard that Olivia Newton john said that they were writing it as they were filming it. It wasn't like I, the script was even complete. Which you can kind of tell. <laughs> perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. This, this definitely
1: feels like something they just kind of like improvised.
0: Yeah, because there like is no full circle. I think that's what it is. Like, if it ended with him like selling his paintings, <laughs> maybe then it would have made a bit more sense that she was yeah. the muse for him. But I guess she wasn't quite the muse for him. Or, like,
1: if it just turned out to be, like, an allegory and, like, this was, like, the self-realization that he should pursue his own, like, interest instead of working for, you know, that jerk of a boss that he had.
0: No, he's just going to pursue that immortal muse. It's like he's gonna <laughs> That's he's going to pursue. That's it. That's what his dream changes into bargaining with Zeus to be with the immortal woman that he loves. And that, for whatever reason, she loves him.
1: Yeah, and they talk about like, didn't you learn in mortal studies that having feelings can like whatever? It's like, wow.
0: I like, like the muse is like, I have feelings now. <laughs>
1: you know, it reminded can't me have a li-
0: feelings.
1: It reminded me a little bit of mannequin.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like mannequin, <laughs> actually.
1: Yeah, you know, There's one even of these a days, mannequin
0: dance in it, kind of. I don't know. When,
1: yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you almost have uh that's what this movie needed. You needed a a sassy like clerk that had like the funky glasses. The
0: yeah, that is oddly true. shaped
1: sunglasses.
0: You needed just some people going, "What is happening?" Like, "Why is this happening?" Like he said, "Okay, one of my favorite random lines not even favorite. It's just there's this random line where Gene Kelly character Danny McGuire, where he's talking on the phone about opening Xanadu, opening night for Xanadu, and he's like, and no celebrities are going to be there, just a bunch of normal people. But then it cuts nope. to the actual opening <laughs> night, and you're like, these people are professional people. Like, there's no normal person in this building yeah, right now.
1: There was nothing normal about this. No. And- I, I felt it was just slightly pandering where you get this whole montage sequence of costume changes and mm-hmm. you eventually end up with Gene Kelly just wearing like some ridiculous like pink cyberpunk cowboy outfit at one point. I don't yeah. remember how to describe it. Like yep. oh, you're you're too good for this, Gene Kelly. Why are you doing this?
0: <laughs> because it's only like a couple blocks from his Beverly Hills mansion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like this was on his evening walk that probably
0: yeah, probably. He's like, "Yeah, fine, whatever, I guess. But and I'm going to throw in Lindsay. my own nice choreographed dance in this as well. with Olivia that's, Newton-John, because that's, that's what that's, I do. I got to dance with the lead female, <laughs> He's
1: He's just got to dance, yeah.
0: He's just got to dance. A gorgeous dance. The best dance of the whole thing, honestly. But
1: It was pretty good, yeah. I have to say that's probably the one I like the most.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I want to kind of sort of like the last dance to the xanadu song and then she cuts through a bunch of genres but eh, it's okay
1: some of those punks gave me some like wheeler vibes from return to Oz too oh they were just a little too close to that
0: i forgot about that movie now i remember it
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey and there was a, a character named tiktok that somehow didn't become the mascot for that web
0: app Right. all yeah, right, right. TikTok, you're slacking. <laughs> you need to get TikTok.
1: You got to wind them up for talking and wind them up for walking.
0: And, and wind thinking. Him up for brain and thinking. Yes, yeah, for thinking. <laughs> for thinking.
1: That's why he has three little uh, cranks on him.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty much Dana do. So hmm, <laughs> let me see. Whoop. <laughs> What drugs do you need to be on? No, just kidding. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't want to do the cocktail one because I honestly have no brain to think of cocktail concoctions. So
1: No, you know, alcohol doesn't really go with this one. This has to be something more, um, I think, in y
0: More inhaling something,
1: something you have to kind of breathe in okay. a little bit more. All right, um, there. I would say... Um, And plus also something that gives you energy to, like, keep up with all these dance moves and maybe, like, feel that you can walk through, like, murals, like, just jump right into them. Um, You know, ironically, I think there is a term for a drug that will get you to where this movie needs you to be. And it has the street name of Angel Dust.
0: (laughs) Ah, Yep. That'll probably do it. Side note: um, Geekly Media
1: it. does not endorse any use of uh, illegal materials.
0: Side note: We don't endorse this, but like, if you want to kind of sort of get there, like, you could just watch this movie sober, and you're gonna feel like you did take drugs. <laughs> Pretty
1: much, yeah. That that's. Uh, I think this was what Joe was going for when he tried to make his dude.
0: Oh my god! I'm so glad that man did not get to make his dude. <laughs>
1: The world is poorer for it. That could no, have been great. It's
0: not. It, it would have had been Pink horrible. Floyd. It would. Okay, that would have been the only good thing from that was I was like, well, I would have had Pink Floyd. Like a whole new awesome Pink Floyd album. Hey,
1: when is that supposed to come out? Wasn't that supposed to be out this summer? October. Oh.
0: I can't remember exactly what date. Yeah, they keep pushing it back. I'm very annoyed.
1: Man. But I was going to say, well, at least full circle, we finally got Pink Floyd in a Dune thing with the, the trailer, at least. I don't know about the movie itself. Wait, and Pink Floyd was also used in Doctor Strange. So Pink Floyd is in the Marvel Universe.
0: It was used in Doctor Strange?
1: Yeah, in that psychedelic sequence when he's traveling through the different dimensions. When
0: Yeah. Um, it's yeah, been a while I think- since I watched it.
1: Yeah, well, let I me mean, just YouTube that sequence and you'll see okay, it. Okay. Um, I think they're playing Astronomy Domini. Oh, okay. Which is not, it doesn't have any lyrics. It's just like spacey sound effects, yeah. basically.
0: Yeah, all um,
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I just don't really have a lot more to say about Xanadu. It's, it's, okay, well, it's okay. Okay,
0: question time, question time. What would you have done differently like what would have made like if there was like one thing you could change that like really needs to change what would it be
1: I think I would have gotten a better singer to play Sonny
0: thank you <laughs> why is it that not that he had a lot of singing I would have gotten just a plain straight better actor to play yeah. Sonny. uh yeah just somebody I could give a crap about he is very much a Luke Skywalker character and the fact that he just whines about everything in his life.
1: Yeah, and he's a pretty boy. You're like just he's...
0: like, just shut up. Shut up, Luke. <laughs> shut up. Shut up, Sonny. Gosh. I don't know. That still to this day drives me nuts that Mark Hamill was like, Luke would never give up and hide on an island. I was like, Luke whined the entire time he was saving the universe. Of course he would no. do that
1: yeah it's the 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 only problem with that is that we don't see how he ended up that way. We just see him that way like there yeah it wouldn't have taken a lot stuff. would
0: not have taken a lot yeah the well, guy literally saved the universe true. and still was like, "Huh? what are you meaning I can't do it and even after he was a little whiny in the last movie, you
1: know, they just weren't well written. that's all that's just. <laughs> i don't Stupid know there's, it's
0: all about leia leia saved the universe not luke
1: <laughs> i mean honestly the there's there is a certain way you can look at it where like yeah she kind of was more instrumental like luke was just at the right place at the right time but she was making shit happen
0: <laughs> yeah she really was <laughs> <laughs> Luke's just the one that gets all the credit you know because he's the one with the he's the one that's the man
1: <laughs> man i hope we get we're starting to see those those first sparks of rebellion in the bad batch and i'm like oh this is gonna be like they, they, they could totally work in a young leia going to like her first senate meeting with bail organa and like you could see the spark in her eye of like oh i'm gonna become a career politician someday or something
0: <laughs> okay leia is literally like not even one years old right now in the Bad Batch Oh, there'll be
1: like a time jump I'm sure
0: yeah probably till the next season but yes I well I mean I did read the layout okay we are going (laughs) it is my mistake I mentioned Star Wars I'm so sorry audience I made the mistake of mentioning Star Wars (laughs) that always makes us go down a very very deep and long rabbit hole But yeah, I feel like yes. I uh, so for changes, I would have changed definitely the actor for Sunny. But I think another major change that needs to happen is work on the transitions. Like they were way too cheesy. Like you didn't have to do it to make it feel fantasy. We know it's fantasy because she's a muse. That's all you need. Like it didn't have to be a fantasy element by making the transitions weird. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, Xanadu. Do you think this was like kind of the last lead role for Olivia Newton-John, wasn't it?
1: I believe so. I don't. I can't think of anything else that she was in during the eighties, um, except for like. Well, I think she was trying to to pursue her music career because she mm. did have that one album and the "Let's Get Physical" song came out like in in the early eighties. Um, she did keep working on stuff, but like I'm just kinda looking real briefly in the eighties. It's mostly just like music video stuff, yeah, yeah, like, two of a kind, which came out in eighty mm-hmm. three was like one of the last big things um yeah, huh. that's she's yeah that's funny. A baby she was uncredited, and she's having a baby, so it's not even like a big role huh? and yeah for pretty much most of the 80s she was like just not really in the movie business
0: nope well i think this was supposed to help not launch her career because i feel like grace kind of did that but it was supposed to help her career like move somewhere and it flopped so hard (laughs) nope yeah olivia newton john (laughs) and Gene Kelly couldn't save this movie, unfortunately. I feel kind of sad that this is Gene Kelly's last movie, actually. I'm like, oof.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like a noteworthy performance at all compared to, you know, the work he did in the 40s and 50s. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, like, throughout the 60s and 70s i think he also kind of just had like a big lull in his career
0: yeah this
1: could have just been like hey you know, the ships give it one big you know last hurrah and it's kind of like raul julia's last movie being street Fighter. It's like you know it wasn't the movie you want to go out on but it's it's there <laughs>
0: it's it's that movie that's the movie
1: <laughs> that should be a gem
0: Street Fighter? Yeah. I don't remember when it came out. <laughs> um,
1: 94?
0: So I guess it does qualify then.
1: <laughs> Although I did see it in the theaters.
0: Isn't it supposed to be really bad?
1: It is really bad, yes. But it's like, see, the, the same with Xanadu, even though they are really bad movies somehow they do attain that cult status because of the nostalgia or because they have Mm -hmm. certain things that are just good enough um that they do end up having a second life um as you know cult favorites like donnie darko is a movie that i really enjoy but it was a, a flop yeah and some people think it's pretentious but i just think there's something about it that works and a lot of people really identify with it like a little too much in some cases. Um, I just think it it works really well for like basically a guy's first movie, like his director debut. Um, Another one kind of similar in that same sense is the boondock saints. Um, Yeah. Troy Duffy. Yeah. That was Troy Duffy's first movie. And there's a really excellent documentary um about the making of boondock saints Mm -hmm. where you see what kind of an egomaniac the director was where like it just Mm -hmm. went straight to his head that he was making a hollywood movie and -hmm. it was his first movie and he got some good talent into it Mm -hmm. yeah like this guy is a like massive a-hole but it's fascinating to watch it it. like from the outside (laughs) um and yeah so I don't know if it's some movies for better or worse attain cult status, you know, their quality is definitely debatable, but they have something that makes them persist.
0: It's the song magic that Olivia newton sings. <laughs> <laughs> and Xanadu, that's what it is. That is said too many times. <laughs> that one. That's what it is. Um, just some last minute things, I think to mention, um, this was based off of an older movie as well. Casablanca. Um, that, no, <laughs> Casablanca. <laughs> um, and I totally lost what it was, and I lost the place it was at. Okay, it was um, the film Down to Earth from 1947, in which it's the same muse comes down to earth and. But in that case, it's dealing with a producer of stage plays. But it's, um, yeah, Terpsichore goes down to earth basically because she's mad about how this stage producer is making a play that insults muses and calls them like basically little hussies, I guess. And okay. So she comes down to, I kind of really want to watch it. So I don't want to read too much about the plot, but that had Rita Hayworth and Larry Parks. Ooh, that was cool. And and yeah, I think I already mentioned that the Xanadu album, went, well, you mentioned it went double platinum. So the songs from it, really great. Electric Light Orchestra did most of the songs. Um, It's a musical, but also like Olivia Newton-John is basically the one that does most of the singing and Gene Kelly. Sunny doesn't sing a lot, which is kind of sort of thankful. And then the rest is basically an electric like orchestra music video where the songs are in the background and people are dancing to them or and then the one animated movie sequence actually is really pretty but
1: yeah and you can tell that it's electrolyte orchestra cuz okay. they just can't not sound like themselves no
0: they cannot so anyways Xanadu 1981 all right um John if anybody wanted to get in contact with you for how much you love the Bad Batch, <laughs> <laughs> which is surprising,
1: by the way, I can't stress it enough. I did not go into it thinking I would like the show, and it's actually very interesting. Uh, you can at me on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks.
0: Uh, you can at me as Jay and Bailey writes on Twitter. Um, you can find archives of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, com. You can also find us as at GeeklyMedia on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash GeeklyMedia. We do also have a Patreon page. So if you have some extra cash lying around and you'd like to give it to us, we will totally take it from you. <laughs> and... In- <laughs> And to give thank you money. for that, I know. Give us the money. No, to thank you for that, we would give you a lot of exclusive content and behind the scenes stuff and early access to podcasts and stuff like that
1: on our Patreon hey, I have page. offered loot, but they're not taking me up on it.
0: No, nope. we don't want to scare the money away.
1: This is true. <laughs> well, maybe they can put me in charge of the Geek Elite OnlyFans page. And I can run that
0: one oh my gosh (laughs) only fans man (laughs) moving on um another awesome way to help us out is to like us and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to us whatever podcatcher you use um yeah, yeah, please, please that, that that does a lot. It does a lot more than just listening, I have learned. And I because I am one of those people that never likes anything that I actually like. I never like hit the hit that like button or even subscribe really. I just always search for stuff. And like now I'm like, okay, no, you need to do that because it actually is important for the algorithms. So yeah. Be sure to just at least please hit that like button. <laughs> but until then. Add us if you have any other VHS recommendations, <laughs> because I'm starting to run out. Please, could you please also give us some good ones? Like <laughs> these bad movies yeah, are starting no, to melt my brain.
1: No, no more crawls are in the mouth of madnesses. <laughs> no more, no more crawls are that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, send us those recommendations, and also always remember to keep out. out.